Hello and welcome to the Grassroots Coachcast episode 21. I'm one of your hosts, Dave. And I'm Ben. Good evening. Today we're going to be talking about prioritizing player development or results. The main concept of this podcast is to discuss coaching youth football or soccer at the grassroots level. Ben and I both coach under 11s teams. Ben coaches the boys and I coach the girls. Each week we'll be looking to choose a different topic to cover and discuss our experiences, both good and bad, and give any advice that we might have. Ultimately, we're looking to get this content out there and hopefully help other people who are coaching at the grassroots level. And if you do enjoy the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts or your podcast catcher of choice and give us a five-star review. This really helps us grow the show and gets us out there to other listeners who, who we might be able to help as well. So, Ben, how's it been going this week? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Uh, it's a, We don't normally record on a Saturday, so it's kind of night before game day, which is always a... Got a bit nice. of butterflies. <laughs> Not really. I just always look forward to it. It's quite a nice. It's quite a nice feeling knowing you've got a game in the morning. So um, I always look forward to that. I actually don't sleep that well before. It sounds ridiculous, but I'm always thinking about the team and who's going to play where. Even though I've already planned it, I'm always like, oh, should I change it? Should I do this? Should I do that? <laughs> so it's a bit bit crazy, really. But um, even at our little low level, it does sort of play on my mind a bit. But yeah, I can't wait for tomorrow. Um, lost my goalkeeper today, which isn't ideal. So uh, I had to rejig my team and juggle around who's going to go and goal. So um, that's a bit of a challenge, but we'll see how we go. So um, it's happened yeah. before. So uh, yeah. Um, so we had an absolute pasting today. Uh, <laughs> so it was one of those ask, games. I thought I'd wait till we got on to us. How did it go? Yeah. So ten nil, we were done, and uh, utterly kind of outclassed. And and uh, some uh, just a really good team we haven't played before, so they weren't in our league last year. Um, they, they, new team. Yeah, well, they, no, they've they've come into our league, so they they're from Luton, and uh, really, really good little players, and um, yeah, it, it was just one of those days. Oh dear. So, in terms of uh, prioritizing player development or results, then for me today, yeah, it's it's player development. <laughs> it goes without saying. The result doesn't matter. Absolutely, it's irrelevant. Irrelevant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, how did the how were they when they came off? Well, I have to say, the weather was atrocious today. Oh, so it was really, weather. really cold, um, raining. It was just a bit of a miserable day all round. So, yep. to be honest, you know, no one likes getting a paste in. I'm sure I've said those exact words before, um, but you know, the, I think it was more the weather. That, you know, everyone just kind of wanted to go home or, or at least get in the car, get the heater on and, and yeah. go home. So oh dear. Yeah, we got lucky. I think the weather's supposed to be quite nice tomorrow, so we kind of got away with it not playing on a Saturday. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we've got training tomorrow, so plenty to work on tomorrow. And, uh, yeah, you're right. The, the weather's supposed to be a little bit better. So yeah. hopefully we'll be, we'll be back on it tomorrow. Good. Good. 
So Ben, today we're going to talk about prioritizing player development or results. So let me just start with that very broad, open question. So, I mean, what what's your perspective on that? I'm not bothered about player development, to be honest. It's all about results. <laughs> Get it into the corners. <laughs> yeah, obviously I don't mean that. Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's a difficult one. I think if you... Uh, if you ask any coach, and even my even my level one coach said it, and I probably mentioned it on a previous podcast, he kind of he threw it out to the group and said, um, "Is it important, you know, winning winning the games? Does that does that matter, or is it all about player development?" And of course, you know, we all, I think pretty much everybody sort of said what we thought was the right answer that he wanted to hear was, "No, no, the results aren't important." And he was like, "Of course they are. It's all about the results." You know, it's kind of. He said, that's why we're all there, isn't it? Isn't that why we all want to play football? We all want to win. So, of course, it's about developing players as well. And I think as a coach, I feel quite that that's quite a big responsibility. That I That's probably the most pressure I feel as a coach, um, as the, especially as the kids are getting older and going into older age groups. It's kind of like, am I doing enough to develop the players? Because I don't want, I don't want to get to that point where, and again, the, Pete, the coach, he said, he said, don't ever let yourself get to the point where you've got a kid saying to you, that doesn't make sense. Why, why are you telling me to do that? That's wrong. You know, so there's, so there's always that at the back of your mind, for me anyway, um, you know, am I doing enough to develop these players? Am I teaching them things that are going to help them and make them improve? So, so, so it, is a, it is an important part of it. Of course, we all want to win games. And I think, we t- again, we touched on this a bit last week with obviously the parental issues podcast that we did um, and trying to marry that, you know, which players do you leave on do you take, and which players do you take off because you ultimately want to try and win a game of football. So there are players that you maybe leave on more than others. And is that maybe developing those players? Maybe not. Um, so it's, it's always a conflict and I don't think there's an easy answer to it. Um, but I think it is important. I think you've got to try and find the right balance. Um but ultimately, we all are there because we want to try and win a game of football. I, I'm yet to meet a coach, and I speak to a lot of other coaches about it, and they all they all want to win um, in the right way. But yeah, obviously, you, you've got to you've got to develop the players as well because parents are paying a lot of money for them to be part of the club. And I think you've gone past that Sunday league little league thing where they just turn up and have a bit of a laugh. It's kind of I, I, well, anyway, I treat it as very serious and the. I think everybody's there because they they take it seriously and they want to improve. So, you know, that's that's kind of how I see it. It's a bit sitting on the fence a little bit, but it is it's a difficult one. Hmm. I guess for for me, I, I don't want to get too complex too quick on this. But for me, simple messages only work if you know exactly where you're starting from. And I think it's a really great story that, that you tell about the, you know, the coach saying that, well, everyone's saying what they think they should say, you yeah, know, yeah. and that's, that's, we should prioritize player development. And he, yeah. he's, he's, it's obviously not the first time he's asked that. And everyone's like, oh yeah, yeah, player development. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. Results yeah. don't matter. Of course they do. But if you're, if you've got a culture across England, say, and, it's all about the results. Mm. Well, especially the kids game, you can 
get results quite and uh, not quite easily, but you can be effective, can't you? For yeah. a start, just make sure you pick all the biggest kids, all the biggest, strongest, quickest kids. Yeah, doesn't matter how they play. Just get them, load them up in your team, and you know, put together some some basic tactics which don't work on the individuals, but get them working as a unit, and you'll get plenty of results. So if you if you're talking to a bunch of people like that, or or an institutionalized way of thinking like that, then and you say to them, well, we need to prioritize player development then it, it kind of works. It means stop thinking about the results as being the be-all and end-all yeah. and think about developing the individual players. You know, and, and, and it's, we talk about players, don't we? But we've said in the past that it's not just, li- it's not just players. We're, we're kind of coaching little people as well. You know, the, the lessons that we teach them are not just on the football pitch, you know, but just in terms of respect and, and you know, how to conduct themselves. These are little people who are, who are um, don't want to get all Michael Jackson about it, but, you know, uh, the children of the future and all that. <laughs> <laughs> just... Oh <my> <laughs> Gary Glitter last week, Michael Jackson this week. Not that I'm saying Michael Jackson. That, 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 that was an attempted innocent one, but probably yeah, yeah. reached reached just, in the wrong place in the archives there. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. Whereas if you have someone who's already got the mindset, who's quite an analytical thinker, so not not you know someone who's got that unshakable belief that everything they do is right, but someone who's already thinking about player development. And you say, say to them the same simple message, you know, focus on your player development. Well, yep. that makes them feel like they have to prioritize that even more than they might have been doing before. And so it, it, it means kind of forget the results. And... I, I think, you know, and you see it from the kids. I mean, I, I talked about our results today. Okay, so the weather definitely was a factor in, in everyone's mood. But, you know, we've had a, a paste in as well um, in the past. Even and, that experience is, in a way, it's development because they've been through a horrendous pasting in the worst conditions. So next time you play in those conditions, they'll think, wow, we, we've played in this before. And it might, they might, improved by one percent even Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. they've been through that experience before and for me that's all part of the development as well it's not just about oh you know can you do 10 keepy uppies can you score a wonder goal can you do this it's all that's all for me all that stuff is is development as well learning to play in those conditions and having to go through those horrendous beatings and all that that's all part of helping them grow yeah as, as people or as better footballers whatever it is so yeah, yeah, absolutely. And but but I guess the point I was going to make is, you know, no one likes taking a beating. <laughs> you know, no one likes getting beat. No, and so not. it does, you know, and this this doesn't get projected from us as coaches. It it is the kids themselves, you know, who don't want to get beat. Yep. And so absolutely. you know, they don't like it and and you know, you can see they're down. And so when yeah. when we do get beat, we we make it extra we make an extra effort that you know the result it's okay it doesn't matter yeah, look it's, it's true and we highlight the positives you know but the kids themselves hate it yeah no that's very true um 
well, we play we played a game Sunday, and uh, I kind of I was disappointed with my own performance. The the previous game to that, we won it. It was a, it was a local game we played against our, one of our other elevens teams, and um, I found myself getting too shouty, too caught up in it, and I was I was pretty annoyed with myself. So I've made a I thought right, the next game I'm going to make a conscious effort to really tone it down and just focus on all the positives. And I to a point I, I was I kind of did that, and I was kind of a lot more happy with how I'd done as a coach in terms of how I behaved on the touchline towards the team. And I felt I was more positive. I didn't, if there was stuff that I was kind of annoyed about, I was sort of maybe mouthing off to Stu quietly on the touchline, but I was projecting <laughs> this positivity. I just thought they don't need to hear me getting on their back, this, that, and the other. And we were, we were, we went one nil up after about four, four or five minutes. We were brilliant for 10 minutes. We absolutely murdered them. We hit the bar, we missed loads of chances. And, it was like somebody flicked a switch. For the last twenty minutes of the first half, we would we just got cut to shreds. We were the midfield went missing. They they went two one up. Mm-hmm. They, they missed at least four or five really good chances as well. So we could have been six or seven one down at half time. And at half time, you know, everyone everyone just looked a bit shell shocked. And you know, I found myself doing that like you just said, guy. You know, it doesn't matter. Listen, you murdered them the first ten minutes. You played really well. Don't worry about it. You know, you can get back into this. I've seen enough. You know and it was brilliant. Second half, we absolutely destroyed them. We just camped in their half. Our keeper touched the ball once. We 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 ended up drawing two two, but we missed so many chances. It was they just put everybody up beyond the ball. It's probably the best we've played as a nine aside team in any tournament, any game we've played. Mm-hmm. So I, was, I came off feeling really elated, and I said to the guys, and they go, I said, I asked them, I said, how do you feel now standing here? Right, we've only drawn, but how do you feel? And they all said, we, oh, we feel really good. And there was a bit of a buzz, and it was all that, you know, just trying to make them see the positives in it. And it was almost, yeah, it was it was good. It gave me a good feeling. But it's like you said, you know, I didn't want to hammer them at half time. And I just thought, let's focus on the positives. And, you know, they came out, got a reaction. It was great, and we played really, really well. So, yeah, it's um, that is part of it as well, I think, just trying to not, be negative and mm-hmm. you know so they they were annoyed that you could see like you said they were annoyed themselves they came off they were a bit subdued and you know they weren't very happy you could see in the first half there were you know there was people throwing a bit of a strop and getting a bit down and you know it, you're right it comes from the players it's, it doesn't need me to go oh, i'm really disappointed with how you've played the last 20 minutes what's going on you know i was kind of like look guys what's happened you know you, you've shown the first 10 minutes you you can play really well and then you know they everyone came off really pleased so and that came from the players. Obviously, I was pleased with them, but you could see they they were satisfied with how they'd done, and they were supporting each other, and it was good. Yeah, yeah. And I, I still think back. I, I'm sure I mentioned to you in the past that I, I remember the first penalty shootout we won, and and the girls just went absolutely nuts, you know, and the joy of winning that penalty shootout because the yep. game, I can't remember, was it five all or six all? It was a, it was a high scoring draw and, you know, the other team scored right at the death, you know, got the equalizer there. So, you know, and to win that penalty shootout, they were absolutely over the moon. Yep. And um, again, it, it's just, you can't tell, those kids that that results don't matter absolutely now i guess how are you getting on with your 
individual challenges because I guess the the thing with prior, you know, if you were to prioritize or, or forget <clears throat> prioritizing results, but if you say, well, don't prioritize results, hmm. you still it's generally the only measure that we have, isn't it? That's yeah. that's the ultimate measure in football is, is yeah. the score at the end. But for me, the individual challenges are a way that you know we can we can set those to players and you know yeah. those you have a success or uh you know let's try that again next week um that's a different measure that might help you you know look beyond just the score yeah um yeah that's really important i'm doing that uh i'm doing that tomorrow i didn't we had a few missing at training so i didn't do it at training but everyone's i've written out a little challenge for every player and it's you know, it'll be given to the player when they arrive. And I'll say, right, this is just something that I want you personally to focus on today. Just one thing, not, nothing overcomplicated. It, it's, it's mainly for certain players shouting for the ball louder so I can hear them on the touchline. That's the challenge. I want to be able to hear you calling for the ball from where I'm standing. Other players, it's, you know, use your left foot, make a pass with your left foot. If you get a shooting chance with your left foot, use it. All these little things and going to use it tomorrow and see how they respond. And what I've seen in the few games we've played so far is that the things I'm talking to certain players about, they are starting to do a little bit, which is good. There's still loads of room for improvement, but those kind of individual things are really, really important. And I'm going to, it's, I probably didn't do it as much last season as I should have done. Um, and I've kind of learned that having those little chats with players about little areas that they can improve, they are starting to sort of take it on board. I've said before, the big issue in my team is communication. There's probably four or five who are really loud vocal. You know, they'll command the ball. They'll shout for the ball. They'll put their name on the ball if they want it. And I've got others who are just very, very, very quiet who Mm -hmm. will not, not say boo to a goose. So they're the ones that are the challenge. And it's kind of like their individual challenges are, I want to be able to hear you calling for the ball say three times during a game which is only a little thing but the but you know these are the things that are going to help them improve um and we had like my goal that, that's one of my goalkeeper's challenges is to i mean he's in, he can't play tomorrow so it's typical so he can't do it but there's a prime example last week the ball was it was it was going towards the edge of the edge of the box it was his ball to sort of dive on grab it and he didn't call for it so one of my defenders went and cleared it out for a corner and they, they collided with each other because neither mm-hmm. of them called for it. And I said at half time, said that's a prime example of communication. It was a goalkeeper's ball, but he doesn't he doesn't really shout or speak very much. So he's got to learn to command his area a bit more. Um, and it's all that communication thing. So yeah, the individual challenges are really, really important. And if obviously if people are listening and they don't really do that, I would say it's a really good way of just because obviously you can't, the problem I have, and you probably find the same, is it's difficult to spend one-to-one time with players when you don't see them that much. Mm-hmm. We have an hour and a quarter on training on a Thursday, then we're straight into a game. Maybe I'll see them an hour and a half on a match day. So having that individual time to go through stuff with them is difficult. So, you know, just a little bit of paper. Here you go. This is yours. Take it away. Think about it. We'll have a chat at the end of the game, think, see how you did, two-way discussion. And that's probably a good, that's a really good way of having that individual one-to-one development that you maybe don't get through having that time with them personally. Yeah, no, I think it's spot on. And 
I know that. Do you do it for all the players, or do you, do you pick a few? I'll, no, I will do. I'll do. I'll do it for all because uh, every single player has got something they can they can always improve on. Even it's some, even if it's something that's not obvious, I might think, okay, you're a bit a bit more of a complete player, but now I want to see you this next level would be to try this or to try that, and it's just kind of trying to trying to push them and keep them not in a comfort zone, but you know it's. Um, it's all part of the development. There's always room for improvement. Oh, abs- oh absolutely, always. absolutely. So, yeah, I, do, I do do it for everyone because I, don't, I would. Yeah, you know, they're kids. I don't don't want them to think I'm pick. Not I'm picking on four or five, which I'm not. But it's just easier if you do that. Everyone's got a little individual challenge, and you can just keep an eye on it during the game and um, just have a chat at the end. You know, how, how do you think you did? Do you think you did that well? What could you do better? What What do I think? What do you think? And that sort of thing. So. Yeah, it's interesting. So, so I tried a, a few times doing it for everyone, but I just found I kind of lost track, you know. And oh, that's, yeah, that's the hard part, I suppose. Yeah, so I, I know. I, I think I'm more. It, it's easier, you know, to pick three or four, and then focus on those rather than than the whole team. No, that's a fair point. I think for me, because I've we've had them for not 15, 16 months now, I kind of know all of the bits that I want each one to improve. So mm-hmm. I'll kind of, I'd like to think anyway, obviously I'll probably get caught up in the game and won't notice as much, but I'd like to think I'll be able to see with every single one what I think they can do better. But yeah, there, don't get me wrong, there are probably only three, four, five that there's sort of more glaring things that I think they need to sort out. So you may be right, and now you've said that, I might actually try that, maybe not tomorrow because I've got it all planned for tomorrow, but maybe the, in the subsequent weeks I will just pick on those, not pick on, that's an awful word. <laughs> um, highlight. Focus on, yeah, yeah, highlight. Focus. Focus on the ones that I think have got a few prominent things that need to be improved. Because in general, I've seen improvement in all the players, how they've adapted to the new format and how they've started to communicate better and play certain, do certain things better. So, yeah, I think there's there's some, as you get with anything, you probably see it with the girls, that you've got some that are making bigger progress than others and others aren't growing as much and others are growing at a pretty good pace. So, Absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, and the the, the improvement and, and, you know, in all four of those quadrants you know the the technical and tactical the social they the, the psychological the physical they all it's not linear is it nope. you know and, and they can all train exactly the same but they're growing at different paces they're mentally maturing at different paces so yeah it's not it's not a linear thing so um yep. yeah it's just keeping your head on you know who is where at this particular moment in time but i guess yeah. like i say i the reason i and i probably will go back to the full team at some point because i i did i was collaborating with a coach on hive a, a little while ago and he he was the same he had these little cards and he'd get the parents to do it to to do the actual measurement and marking yeah i think you've said that before and that's a really good idea and that's something i may well do 
Yeah, yeah. But uh, so I, I never, I haven't managed to put that into practice yet. Because again, you've got to have, you know, you, you've got to set the expectations with the parents and everything. And, and yeah, that's the yeah. I was going to say how how do you go about that? Because you've got to be careful that it's just like a almost a one off thing. I just want your input. I don't want you to start getting involved in. Obviously, yeah. I've told you about the parent who emails me a lot about certain things, <laughs> which drives me mad. And it's kind of like, it's just keeping that distance. But, you know, because I, I don't talk to the parents about the team and how they're performing, really. You know, obviously, after the game, oh, yeah, they, they did well, thought this was good, that was, you know, whatever. But I don't like have an in-depth discussion. Oh, what do you think we could do better? Who's playing well? You know, all that stuff. Because I think you've got to not do that. Because it yeah. just opens yeah, up yeah. a world of pain. But... um yeah, no, so that's a really interesting, interesting take on it, actually, and it's something I will think about possibly doing. I think the other, the other issue I think I have with it is, and and especially when I first try, first started trying doing these challenges, is I want them to succeed, and yeah, I want them to succeed so badly that when they don't hit the challenge if they've done something else i want to highlight that yeah <laughs> i don't i don't i don't think that's the right thing to do but that's kind of my innate yeah. makeup i i can't help it i i, I remember one girl I, i'm trying to think what what i asked her to do i i can't remember it was probably it was probably something on the defensive side you know yeah. win three tackles or something like that and she ended up bombing down the wing, taking on loads of players and getting getting a few crosses in. And so she came up to me at the end of the game. She's like, how did I do on my challenges? I said, well, you know, not the ones that we talked about, but what you've just done is way better than what I asked you to do. So, hard, isn't it? Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I don't know. I think there's, there's probably, there's going to be virtue. You, you kind of need kids at times to feel a little bit of disappointment, I think. Mm. And that spurs them on, yeah. you know, or can spur them on. So it's not a case of saying, you know, oh, you tackled twice and I told you three. Well, that's a bit rubbish, isn't it? You know, I don't mean like yeah, that. Almost, but, you almost did it, really pleased. It's a little bit more. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, um, you you kind yeah. of want them, and and you know the the level one uh, tutor we had, he, he had a brilliant, you know, he had loads of brilliant little ways of phrasing things, and and he was talking about you know doing keepy uppies with the kids, and he was saying, yeah. you know, if, if you've got one of your strivers, you know, one of your better uh, young players, and if if they if they, if you're doing a keepy uppy challenge and someone does ten, they go, look, look, I've, I've done ten, it's oh brilliant. What show me? What does eleven look like? Yeah, show me, show me that. You know, and just, just keep them, just chasing that carrot. You know, and uh, I did, I did that one. I did a yeah part of my yeah. Some sometimes I do a like an arrival activity of they all the players have a ball and they, I just get them to dribble randomly around and I'll say you know roll it over under your right foot or dribble without the outside of your right foot for a bit or do some step overs or. Boot, boot the nearest player's ball out and all this and sometimes I once sometimes I'll say do 10 keepy uppies and one of the lads he just went I've never done 10 keepy uppies before I've just done it oh, and he, you could tell he was absolutely buzzing yeah. I was like right great next time I said you do 15 
you know, just that little, that's great. You've Slave done driver. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you could have said 12. You could have said 11. <laughs> you could have said 11, yeah. If you can do 10, mate, you can do 15. Come on. You could, you could have done a whole Glen Hoddle. Yeah. Yeah. Look yeah. at this. I'll, I'll, shoot yeah, you I'll do you 50. Yeah, I'll do you 50. Here you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, no. So, yeah, so it's different. I, I mean, but by the very definition, the fact they go, for me, the fact that players turn up for training is development because if the, if they're not training, they're yeah. not going to improve at all. So the fact you get them there, they do an hour, that hour's invaluable no matter what they're they do, and whether it looks like they've not done a lot or not, they're still playing an hour's worth of football, and it's it's another hour under your belt. And you know, you spend an hour doing anything, you're going to get better at it if you're doing the same thing. So, you know, that's why the in terms of the results being important, training's equally as important as match day, yeah. if not more, because you know you can't you can turn up on a match day, great, have a kick about, and it's all good fun, but you don't learn systems, you don't learn tactics, you don't learn how to d- develop with your teammates, the bonding thing, all that, you don't get it. And that's what it drives me. I mean, it drives me nuts when people don't come training. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I have it a lot. I ask people to come half an hour before ma- the match starts so we can do some tactical stuff and some warm up stuff. And I still get at it last week. I had a, one player turned up at, we were kicking off at um, 10 o'clock and he turned up at 10 o'clock. Literally, he was due to start the game, and I actually put him on the bench because I was so annoyed he was going to start. And I said, he literally turned up with a minute to go. And I said, no, he, I didn't tell him why. I just said he's on in the, on the bench because to me, there's no excuse for it. And it's, this is a repetitive thing; it's not a one-off thing. And this is one of the lads that I've got that has has got a challenge um, for over dribbling because he, he doesn't pass it enough. And I think a lot of that comes from the fact that he does miss training occasionally. He is late. He's never he never arrives on a match day half an hour before. He's always arriving five minutes before the game starts, and it really infuriates me because he's one of the ones that I think has got a very obvious area of his game that he needs to improve. To the point, I mean, I told you last week, didn't I? I had one player complain about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think this is all part of it. So things I want to work on before we start the game so it's fresh in their mind and if players aren't turning up then the development suffers I think because they're not getting the benefit of me doing that so in the end I've done what I was trying to plan to do and he's turned up and missed it all so he's not going to get the message I was trying to get across you know like we were working on quick counter-attack quick play quick passing movement all that and he wasn't there for it so he's going to turn up and play his, his normal game which will be get the ball head down and over dribble so you know even that half an hour is invaluable you know, parents might think oh why does he want you know why does he want me there half an hour before but <laughs> Evie's team they have to be there an hour before the kickoff yeah yeah so they get a whole hour of doing stuff before which I think is a lot but you know there's there's a lot I find that half an hour goes very quick because by the time you set up and you yeah, do yeah. one area then you want them to warm up and then you're talking about tactics and the lineup and all that. So it, it goes quick. So if people aren't turning up on time, that that's all part of the development. Because even if you even if I'm standing there talking to them and showing them a tactics board, it's all part of development for that particular game and how we yeah. we want to do and what we want to get out of the game. So you know, it's all it's all part of it. Yeah, I think it, it is difficult. I mean, what what you say about you know, it doesn't really matter in that in that hour 
what you do. I mean, that that really is where, you know, and, and that's, you know, I'm sure we'll, we have discussed it, you know, in the past about putting that planning into sessions and, and I'm sure we'll we'll touch on it many times again in the future. But for me in that planning, that's where you're trying to absolutely maximize that time. And if yep. if people aren't attending, then you know, they they're missing out on all that potential development. And and like you say, it's not just turning up and having a kick about and then being exactly the same as when you started. You know, what we're trying to do is to try and, you know, teach you some stuff that will help you on that journey to becoming that, that better player. Absolutely. We've had a really tough few weeks because um, all the school, where we are, all the school visits for next year for the kids for secondary school are on Thursdays, which is when we train. So we've basically had, we trained this week, but I had nine. So I had four players missing. One One's injured long-term, unfortunately. He's broken his foot. Um. And then obviously a couple dropped out on the day as usual. Not not as usual, that's unfair, but that happens occasionally. So I had nine players. Of course, I'd done my session for like, I thought I had 11, 12. So of course, I'm trying to improvise. And it was a bit of a shambles, for sort of 20 minutes, because I was trying to think, well, what are we going to do? Because I can't do what I wanted to do. And in the end, it was fine. But again, I, I was disappointed because I thought, I can't work on the glaring areas that I wanted to work on. Mm-hmm. which is playing out from the back, pressing high when the opposition's got a goal kick, all these things. You can't do it when you've only got a few players. Um, so, of course, then you think, right, well, we'll do that before the game. Um, but then, you know, people are arriving. At half nine, I expect everybody there. Because I've said, I want everyone there at half nine. That should be 12 players. And, of course, by half nine, I've got maybe seven Eight, yeah, you, then you should you five, should say quarter past nine. <laughs> I'm going to start. I am going to probably start doing that. I'm probably I've probably been a bit lenient and not really laid down the law about that. But I am going to. I do need to sort of say, look, I'm not asking too much for you to get there at half nine, especially when it's a home fixture. Away, okay, you know, we sometimes travel 45 minutes to an away game, and it can be difficult. But if it's a home game, there's no excuse for people to constantly not be there on time because then you can't. And it happened on Sunday, you know, I didn't have everybody there till two minutes before the kickoff. So you can't do everything you want to do. And it's really frustrating. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And and again, it's all the development. So they're, they're, they are not getting the full extent of what I want to try and impart to them. So, you know, I think you need that buy-in from both, both sides. But, um, yeah, we'll see how that goes. We'll see what happens tomorrow. We're at home tomorrow. So I'll see who arrives on time. So I think... It's a little bit, and and I was kind of half jesting when I said about quarter past nine, but I think it's almost, it is that difference between what you mean by get there for half nine Mm. and how the parents are hearing get there for half nine. Mm. So for me, they're probably thinking, well, get there for half nine. You know, that means literally arrive at the place. And I kind of, if it's an away match, don't really know where it is, but I'll plug it in the sat-nav. We'll leave about two minutes contingency, you know, so (laughs) there's nothing for a wrong turn or anything. And, you know, the kids are, I don't know about your kids, my kids, it's a nightmare in the mornings. It's like, come on, shouting at you for the last 20 minutes to get your shoes on and you're, you know, messing about, you know. I mean, so I'm Deb, sure every kid's the yeah. same. Yeah, Deb, Deb thinks I'm too soft with my parents. She thinks I don't lay down the law enough because Evie's coach is quite not strict, but he's very much. I expect 
if I say an hour before, I expect everyone to be here on time. Um, and I don't really do that, which, I, which is my fault, and I probably should. So, and part of me is like, oh, I don't, want, I don't want to annoy them. And then part of me thinks, well, why shouldn't I? Because I put all this work in. And if they can't respect, if they can't leave five minutes earlier to get there on time, I've got every right to sort of pick the bones out of that and say, look, guys, I need you to do this for me because I'm trying to do that. You know what I mean? It's kind of a difficult one. Yeah, yeah. But you don't so, know what people's home circumstances are. I mean, I don't think there's any, you know, most people are as good as gold, but it's always the same few who are always late. And it's like, you know, what, why? Yeah, so so it's it's not, it's a trend, isn't it? It's not a, yeah, a one-off. Absolutely. You know, no, no, it, it, you're totally right. It is a complete trend. It's not like it happens every now and then. It's it's like they literally are. They miss pretty much the whole warm up. Yeah, yeah. You know, it wouldn't be an episode, Ben, if I didn't get a little bit of an abstract story in there. Let's do it. <laughs> and this do one it. is been waiting for this. Is almost as uh, this might get the prize for the most abstract, but okay. but let's let's see where we go. So brace myself. I was at a conference a few years ago, and there was, you know, it was in uh, it was in Vegas. So, you know, and and the reason they have conferences there is because of the big uh, hotels and you know lots of facilities and stuff like that. But still, Vegas in it. So, you know, when you finish your your work and everything in the daytimes, then you go out, you have a few beers, you play the tables and whatever. You usually, stay up a little bit too late and have you know, one too many sherries. So, you know, as I was attending a talk uh, the day after, it was first thing in the morning and wasn't the sharpest that I've ever been, to be quite honest. Mm. Basically, the the whole premise of it, was he was talking about when you boil a frog. (laughs) He's saying that if if you drop a frog into boiling water, the frog will jump out. Yep. You know, he'll recognize that, you know, it's it's uh, it's boiling water. So he's gone from, you know, nice room temperature to boiling water and it'll recognize this is a problem and it'll jump out. But if you put the frog in just kind of normal lukewarm water, it'll just sit there. Mm. And then if you incrementally increase the temperature slowly, the frog won't notice and then eventually it will die. Yep. And I was sat there with my sore head and my fuzzy thinking. And, you know, I was I was kind of trying to follow what he was saying. And it's just, he finished his talk and I was like, well, it's all very interesting, but what was the point in that? So, is he just a, a closet serial killer and telling us about boiling frogs at home? Or what was the point in it? Mm. And it troubled me for ages. What was what was the point? And so, literally, days and days after, I was thinking, "What was he talking about boiling frogs for?" And it, it eventually dawned on me, you know. And again, I must have been half asleep when he when he mentioned this bit at, at the start of it. But he was talking about bad habits, and he was talking about cultural, um, uh, like workplace and organizational culture. And basically, if you if you start off with a culture, say you've got the most efficient, productive workplace in the world, and then bad habits start to creep in, mm. just a little bit, 
But then as soon as that bad habit's crept in, another bad habit creeps in on top of the first one. Yeah. And it slowly and slowly gets worse and worse. And so if there's, if you don't collectively, if you don't do anything about it to make sure you maintain those high standards, you're eventually going to become the dead frog. <laughs> right. So yeah. that, that was the conclusion I came to that, uh, that, that must've been what he was talking about. It, it's like that for us, isn't it? Only we're not talking about, you know, a, a business organization or anything. We're talking about a team, you know, and, the players on the pitch, but also the parents are part of our organization. Yes. And so when those bad habits creep in, so parents themselves, you know, they think, oh, we don't really have to get there for half nine. It's, it's fine. You know, my wife drives me crazy because when she takes uh, either my son or my daughter to football, when, when I can't make my daughter, she, she'll like, yeah, kind of have to get there. And it's just, I'm like, no, you, <laughs> to get there at that time. Um, and I, I just think, you know, when the parents see other parents, if other parents turn up a bit later and there's there's nothing said, it's like, all oh, right, well, it's all fine, isn't it? Yeah. So I, I don't think it's a case of being soft with them, but you probably are by not addressing it and not setting your expectations. You probably are. Well, you're not going to see it improve, are you? No, it's, it's not no, going to get better on it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm not sitting here moaning about it like, you know, woe is me because I'm part of the problem. I've not dealt with it and I will. T- tomorrow I'm going to, after tomorrow I've made a decision that I'm going to put something out there and say, because it's difficult because it's only really aimed at one or two because it's always the same people. Mm-hmm. Um, the majority are as good as gold. They get there on time. It's no problem. But um, it's kind of like, you know, the people that it's got to the point where it's, it's kind of ridiculous when you're turning up two minutes before we're about to kick off. Um, and it, like I said, it's not the first time it's constant. So yeah, you're right. It's kind of, I should have dealt with it a long time ago. So I've made a rod for my own back by not, but I will kind of start saying, look, this isn't acceptable. I'm not going to say that, but I will put something out there that makes it quite clear that I expect people to be there on time. Um, at half past nine, I probably, like you said, I will start making it 45 minutes because then at least if people are late, I will get at least half an hour, hopefully. Um, but I will make it very clear that I expect people there at the time. Mm-hmm. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not, I mean, for me, if somebody says I'll be there half an hour, that's, that is, I will be there. My, my son will be there on the pitch ready half an hour before. That's, that's, it's quite clear to me. Obviously it's not clear to other people, but um, yeah, we'll see how that goes. But in a roundabout way, we've gone off. We haven't got off kilter, but it's all part of the development because if people aren't mm-hmm. there involved in that, they're not developing because they're not involved in the team talk. They're not involved in the tactical stuff we're doing. They're not involved with their teammates. They're isolated from their teammates a bit more because they're not part of the group because they're not there from the start. So it's all it's all part of it. And and you actually have to wonder, you know, again, for that example where they're just rocking up literally two minutes before. I mean, I don't even know. How do you know what the team is? I mean, you, you when well, you team, said... Yeah, the team's planned before. So, like, like, I've planned the team for tomorrow already. I've done the team. I've done the four quarters. Um, so, I know who's going to be coming off when. I know because, obviously, we're missing a goalkeeper tomorrow. So, I've had to sort of improvise. And we're having four goalkeepers tomorrow to rotate it, to keep it fair. Um so I've had to juggle the team, but so I know the team in advance. It's not like I rock up. Yeah, but you you know the team. I, I'm talking about the players. Oh right, okay. 
Well, they don't know until I tell them when we get there. Yeah, and so I'm saying, if you turn up two minutes before the game, I can't can't understand why you would expect to be in the team. Well, true. But I don't think they... Obviously, it's not... I suppose you've got to be... It's not the kids' fault, because it ultimately... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, the, it's parents the parents, who, absolutely. ...who have got to get in there. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, I, and I, that will be part of the message I'll send out. You know, players who are due to start are missing out because they're not there on time. So yeah. and it's, it's not fair on those players who are committed and come regularly on time. They don't miss training. So, um, like we had nine at training the other night, and th- those nine who were there will all start the game tomorrow because they were all at training. And obviously, there's circumstances why players aren't there. But my rule has always been: if you don't come to training, you will not start the game, and you yeah. will play less minutes. So, very good, very yeah. good. I told you we'd go off on a tangent and talk about stuff. Of course, that's that's why we're doing it, and and like you say, it's it's not to say uh, we don't come on here to say this is how you do it. You know, we do it all fantastically. It's to say, you know, it's, I think probably. You know, and, and certainly we know this from the feedback that we've got from from emails and what have you, don't we? That, that you know, I think people enjoy us when, when we say, you know, we've messed this up, and actually, you know, now we need to do it a different way because, yeah. you know, I, I'm sure, you know, we're we're not the only ones in this, and and like I say, we'd be misrepresenting ourselves, wouldn't we, no, if we if we said we we had absolutely. all the answers? I love, you know, and I, I'm talking as a parent as well because. I've got, you know, not this season, but last season Elijah played for another team and Evie plays for a team this season. And we always, whatever time the coach said be there for training or for before the game, on a game day, we would always get them there on time. Occasionally, yeah, we may be late occasionally because of traffic or whatever. But that is a deadline for me. That's right. He wants us here at 10. We will be there at 10 o'clock because that's, that, that's buying into what he wants to do and that's buying into the whole culture and the organisation <laughs> and being part team like you said and the parents are you right the parents are part of the team you can't do it without the parents of course you can't you need their buy-in to do it but also you need their 100 percent buy-in yeah and for me if they're paying that amount of money to be part of a team and they want their son to be involved they've got to make the effort to get them there and it's not acceptable to just constantly turn up late it just isn't so whether that's five minutes late every week it's still five minutes past when i've asked you to be there and i don't think half an hour is a lot really yeah yeah if you're put, if you're committed to them playing on a Sunday morning every week, what difference does half an hour make on top of the game? You know, it's kind of it's as simple as that. So, yeah, very good, very good. So, I think just just to reel us in a little bit from our tangent there. So, getting back to our, our original theme, so prioritizing player development or results, we'd intentionally set those up as being mutually exclusive, hadn't we? Yep. And I think, you know, again, a a tiny little abstraction here. So uh, anyone familiar with uh, software development projects, you'll be familiar with agile kind of philosophies. And I always used to use that as an example because part of of the agile manifesto, as it's known, um, they talk about prioritizing software over documentation. And... All of the uh, uh, sweeping generalization, of course, but a lot of developers that I've worked with in the past just treat it as brilliant. We just write software and we don't need to write documentation. Mm-hmm. No, we that's not what it said. Uh, <laughs> we work in similar fields, obviously. And uh, yeah, if you don't document stuff, you've got no chance. 
Yeah, but the point is, you know, when you say you're going to prioritize one thing over the other, the way people can sometimes hear that is, all right, I don't have to worry about the second thing. It's like, no, 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 focus on you've got a priority one and a priority two. Mm -hmm. And so for me, you know, the priority one is the player development. Priority two is the result. It's not about setting them up as being completely mutually exclusive and the result doesn't matter because I do not believe it. And actually, I I think people are drinking the Kool-Aid if... They genuinely say the result does not matter to anyone because it matters to the kids. Yep, of course, of course. I think it matters to the coaches as well. There, there will be a few out there, I'm sure, it doesn't matter to. But I think, do you think? Do you think really it doesn't matter? No, I do. I think there are people out there who are just only bothered about player development. Been, you know, if there's anybody listening who who will back that up, then please let us know. But I'm sure there are. I'm sure that I, I saw. I watched one video on well, the, it might have been on the FA website or something, and it was, you know, maybe it was doctored or not doctored. You watched an actual. Was, you watched a video, Ben. What was it? The nineties. Yeah, yeah it, was a, it was a Betamax, <laughs> and it, it you know when you paused it and it wobbled. It did that. Yeah. <laughs> but I watched a clip, of, <laughs> and it was it was a coach for he was like I don't know under eights or something. And it it may be of just it may have been you know playing to the camera and what what they were trying to get over. But this coach was basically he was he was like the calmest. It was like over nice, you know, a bit sugary kind of thing. But it was all about he wasn't bothered about the result. He was just trying to make sure his players were watching the game if they weren't on the pitch and giving impact, giving input, which is. A, which I do sometimes as well. Yeah, that's um, good. I, I like that. I, I do that as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it was literally, he wasn't bothered about the result at all. It was all about the players getting equal minutes and swapping positions and playing, which is fine. Um, so that's what, that's what made me think, well, maybe there are coaches who literally just do want the players to experience different positions, different ways of playing, different tactics. And they're not, they're genuinely not bothered about the result. I, d- I don't know. I've not met anybody that's like that. Because you know it's like it's like warfare on the touchline sometimes when we're playing games. But you know, I, I don't know. It just made me think. Well, maybe there are people who just maybe that's when you're at a younger age. You know, maybe that's that's an age thing because these kids were, you know, under sevens or eights. I think when you get to our age that we're doing, you know, there's none of that. I mean, everybody's like you said, it comes from the players. They're desperate to win. Um, you don't get under eleven boys. Believe me, going. Oh yeah, we just want to play equal. We're not bothered about the result. They all come off in tears or you know angry and it's, you see it all so yeah it's it's interesting I don't, I don't know maybe I'm wrong but I I I think it's it's possibly controversial what I'm going to say because and, and I'm I guess I'm willing to entertain that we are you know we're wired in different ways and we think in different ways but that story you said at, at the top of the show that you know the, co- uh, the, the instructor put out that question because he knew that everyone was going to say, you know, we should prioritize player development over results, yeah. you know, and results don't matter because he knew that's what they were going to say. Of course he did. And I just think that, you know, people can say the words and they can be convincing about it, but deep down, surely the result matters. You know, they, they may not say it publicly. I think so. 
I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know why you'd get. I don't know why you'd get involved in it if you don't want that. Personally, that's just my opinion. I mean, yeah, I it, wouldn't. It, I wouldn't do it if it was uh, without being sounded awful. I wouldn't do it if it was just about trying to coach players to be better, and I, it didn't matter about the result because you may as well not play a game. You may as well just do training all the time. You know, yeah. just try and coach yeah, yeah. little things. With, in, so, of course, you play. It's all about you, you love game day. Like I said before, at the top of the recording you know i can't wait for tomorrow i always get that little excited sort of feeling because we've got a game in the morning i can't wait for it and i wouldn't i wouldn't do it without having that kind of buzz because that's 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 what it's all about of course it is and those highs and lows of winning and losing and it's it's all part of it um but you know i'd just be interested if there's somebody out there and it would be make for a great show if we could we could probably make a whole episode about that having somebody on who's just kind of like yeah I'm all about just the players having fun, developing, improving. I don't care about the result. Maybe there is somebody out there who who advocates that. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it would. And honestly, if there's anyone listening yeah, who genuinely thinks that, it would be absolutely fantastic to have you on. It would. I'll put it out there. I'm probably going to be a little bit sceptical. <laughs> you know? No, I, I but, am as well. I, I, don't, I can't compute that. I don't get it, how you could do that. But... I'd love to have a conversation with somebody about it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, Ben, let's let's try and summarise then. So, I guess basically what we're saying is that you know, player development. Ultimately, you know, we're we're coaching the these little players, these little people. Um, that is the priority one. Yeah, but the results do still matter as well. They matter to us. They matter to the players. Just that general mood. Um, and they matter to the parents. Probably, yeah, probably, yeah, probably yeah, more than the players those. in a lot, a lot of cases as well. Yeah, absolutely. And but you know, and in terms of you know prioritizing player development, maybe using things like those individual challenges. Uh, yeah. is, is going to help you because it gives you a different met- set of metrics, something different to measure other than the score. So, uh, you know, both Ben and I, you know, we, we both do that. And I, I think it's, you know, it works well, whether you do it for the whole team or whether you do it for a few players, I, I think there's definitely virtue in it. Yeah, absolutely. Ben, do you want to, if someone was to get in touch with us, how would they get in touch with us? So you can email us at grootscoachcast at gmail.com. That's not right. Grassrootscoachcast at gmail.com. And the Twitter page is at grootscoachcast. Is it? Yep, just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? <laughs> it is, every yeah. Grootscoachcast. Every time you ask me to do that, my whole concentration goes into not doing my Stephen Curry. <laughs> So rub it, rubbitheheadlights.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.
Yeah, we've got a, we've got a sister podcast, uh, Chat Footy at Chat Footy. Uh, that's myself and Dave, and uh, a good friend of the show who Dave does his comics podcast with Chris. And focus on that is mainly Liverpool Man United rivalry. And myself and Dave are Liverpool fans, and Chris is a Man United fan, so there's plenty of banter on there. Uh, we discuss Premiership stuff, but we do try and play on that uh, very friendly rivalry that we both have, of course. So give us a listen. Excellent, excellent. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, if you could get across to Apple Podcasts or your podcast catcher of choice and give us a five-star review, that'd be fantastic. That just helps us to grow the show and get out to more listeners. Okay, Ben, it's been emotional, as they say. As always. Another good one. So, cheers, mate. mate. Take it easy. Cheers, bye. Have you got any plugs for us? Uh, no. <laughs> so, not want to talk about chat footy at all? Oh, sorry, yeah. <laughs> I got that one. So, um, I'll, I'll ask... I'll ask yeah, do that again. Oh, no, 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 no. So, I can stop myself and I'll just need to put you in. <laughs>